Hey Gary, what is up guys? Welcome back to episode two of Money Talks Hockey. I'm your host, Matt Lauren. Boy, what a first week of NHL action. A lot of fun games, a lot of news, a lot of rumors. Hockey in the age of COVID is definitely different, but it's just so good to have back. There's just so much that is going on. Not a lot of COVID cases. And so far, it's been relatively smooth sailing, except for the Dallas Stars, but uh, they're scheduled to get underway in a few days. So, yeah, just great to have hockey back. Meanwhile, I'm stuck in my room isolating. I tested positive for COVID yesterday and will have to be in isolation for the next 10 days. I do get to go back up to school in two weeks, which I'm looking very forward to. I just want to see all of my friends and just hope that everyone stays safe. I know I should have been more responsible, but hey, we live and we learn. And thankfully right now, I'm not really feeling any symptoms and I'm just hoping for the best. So... Without further ado, let's get on to talking hockey. You know which team's been uh, surprising me right now, at least to start off? The Montreal Canadiens. They've played very well during their first two games. First, they lost to the Leafs in overtime on Wednesday. And yesterday, they just absolutely destroyed Edmonton 5-1. Alexander Romanov. Kid's been very impressive. He had a really nice stretch pass to Tomas Tatar in the first game. And overall, he looks like he can really keep up with these guys and just looks so far so good. Another really young defenseman that I think has looked pretty good so far is Keandre Miller. I know on like his second shift in the first game, he got caught in a two-on-one which he got scored in, but I thought he played it well. Nothing he could do there. And yesterday as well, he looked very solid. Like, I think that there are a lot of really good up-and-coming young stars that uh, have, a lot, have a lot to prove this year. And it's just a good time for the game. However, we have not gotten to one absolute stud so far. Kirill Kaprizov. That man has looked so dominant these first two games. I mean, first off, he's the third guy to score uh, the OT winner in his NHL debut, first since 1990. He and raved about him last episode, and... I'm not wrong, so for all you Wild fans out there, just be happy you have him. Another crazy thing that has been going on this week is has the longest active Ironman streak in the NHL at 866 games. The longest Ironman streak uh, of all time is 964 games currently held by Doug Jarvis. So Yandel would be on track to break that record by next year. But last week, the Panthers decided to uh, have him skate with 
bubble guys that may or may not be making the roster. And he was slated to be a healthy scratch for their first game tonight. Actually, pucks dropping in a few minutes against Chicago. But after all of hockey Twitter got upset about it, especially Ryan Whitney, basically all of the hockey internet got upset because he's Keith Yandel. Everyone loves him. He's still relatively solid offensively, but struggles in his own end. And even Rick Pitino got onto it. College basketball coach, he's currently coaching at Iona. He tweeted out on Friday night, I've known Keith Yandel for years. I've seen his mouth get destroyed and go back in the game. I can't understand why anyone would try and sabotage his Ironman streak. Despicable and disappointing. And after a lot of criticism, the Florida Panthers announced this morning that Yandel will be in the lineup and his streak will continue. I just feel so bad for him because everyone loves Yandel. The sonking that he does is just funny as anything. I fucking love Yandel. I liked him when he was a Ranger, even though he did not get a lot of minutes just because he wasn't used properly. But it's hard to see him sticking in Florida around for any longer. However, there is one problem, and that is that he has a no-movement clause. There's been two places that have been linked. first one is going back playing for his hometown, Boston Bruins. I could see him as a fit there, especially because they lost two of their left defensemen uh, this offseason, Chara and Krug, and he could help run their power play. He has... He does struggle in his own end, but I think that his offensive skill is too good for him to be held out of the lineup as a healthy scratch. Another place where he's been linked to is the Philadelphia Flyers. He happens to be best friends with Kevin Hayes. They have been since their days growing up together in Boston. They're absolutely hysterical together. I don't know how many of you guys have seen them on chicklets or just know what that dynamic's like. They were teammates in New York for a couple seasons. But the only problem with Philly is, or there's two actually. One, their head coach is Elaine Vigneault, who was his coach in New York, who did not use him properly. And... The Panthers have kind of a logjam at D. And they have four lefty men on that roster, two of which are running each of their power play units. They have Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Eric Gustafson, who they just signed in the offseason, and Shane Gostaspare. But like I said... It's hard to see him sticking in Florida for a lot longer. And I could see him waving his no-move clause to go to either of those two. Speaking of trade rumors, another guy that's been rumored heavily to be on the move soon is Pierre-Luc Dubois. While he just signed a two-year $10 million contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he isn't happy there. 
and he did request a trade a couple weeks back. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. He's been linked pretty heavily to the Montreal Canadiens. The Blue Jackets are asking for Nick Suzuki and more. The Habs are not willing to give up Suzuki, which I don't blame them for. Suzuki is still very young, only 21 years old, I believe. And he has a lot of potential. He's one of their top centers. But the Canadians are offering Kotkaniemi and Victor Matei for him. I think that Kotkaniemi, while he's solid, he's kind of become their third-line center. He has just dropped off. He hasn't been as promising as everyone said he would be. But he's still only 20 years old, so it's just best to give him time. Victor Matei is a bottom-pairing defenseman who, however, doesn't have a lot of super high potential. There was one absurd rumor that I saw regarding Pierre-Luc Dubois, and that was that Larry Brooks of the New York Post said that the Rangers would be interested in him if, and the Blue Jackets would say yes if the Rangers were to give up Capo Caco. First off, Larry, you're a fucking idiot. I have never respected you, and I lost a shitload of respect when you blocked me on Twitter for telling you that Ilya Sorokin and Kirill Kaprizov signed with their teams this summer, and you didn't believe me. There's a reason why Dan Boyle cussed you out in the locker room, I believe, back in 2016. No one respects you. Kako isn't going anywhere. I don't know how slow you have to stoop to be able to get away with spreading that bullshit. No one on Rangers Twitter likes you. And you're just irrelevant. So many other better beat writers out there. But it'll be interesting to see where Pierre-Luc Dubois goes. Moving on, uh, there were two new captains that were named named Dylan Larkin, their captain. This, I believe, was a no-brainer. He is currently in his sixth year with the team on Wednesday before the season got underway. First, the Detroit Red Wings and has emerged as the face of this rebuilding franchise. I believe he's going to stick in Detroit for a long time. He's a Michigander and went to the University of Michigan, has stayed in his home state pretty much his whole career. And I believe this was the right pick. The other one was Mark Stone. Vegas named him their first captain on... Wednesday night. And I personally believe this was the right move. I know he's only been there for a year and a half now. He has definitely one of their best players. And he definitely seems like the heart and soul of that franchise. I think that a lot of guys in the room respect him. 
But I can see kind of like what happened with Ryan O'Reilly in St. Louis, why some of the longer tenured guys in that locker room would be upset that they didn't get it. But again, I think Peter DeBoer and Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee made the right call here. Also, Vegas is looking pretty good. Yesterday, they beat Anaheim in OT. Max Pacioretty scored seven seconds in. Marc-Andre Fleury got the win. And that came two nights after they beat the Ducks 5-2, in which Robin Leonard started. And overall, they're just a very good team. Like I said, they haven't disappointed yet. But who knows where they're going to end up this year. Phil Kessel, man, he's looked pretty solid. He has three goals in his first two games. I know last year was a disappointment for him in his first year in Arizona. And he's looking to bounce back in a big way. And if he continues this pace, then, I mean, the Coyotes, they might have a shot of making the playoffs. The Bruins-Devils series was very fun to watch. The Bruins won the first game in a shootout. The Devils certainly hung in there. Defenseman Ty Smith scored what I think was the ugliest first career NHL goal in recent memory. He took a shot from the point, but it hit like three different Bruins bodies and it went in. But... Yegor Sharangovich, man, let me tell you, he also scored his first NHL goal in overtime yesterday. It was a really, really nice pass from Damon Severson. And he's looked very solid. I know he was a fifth rounder a couple years ago, drafted as a 20-year-old. He spent the first half of this year in Russia in the KHL and came back and so far he's looked pretty solid. It's crazy to have two rookies score their first goals on overtime winners in the same week. Like how often does that happen? Guess it's just 2021 did start and they did win four, three in a shootout. Jake Gensel had an absolutely filthy goal to win it. And who knows? I mean, their playoff streak might very well be over. This East Division is like the gauntlet. There's just so many good teams. Moving back to the West Division, the Minnesota Wild LA Kings series has been very fun to watch. In both games... The Kings have blown 3-1 leads and lost 4-3 in OT. First, Kaprizov scored uh, in OT on Thursday night, and it was a beautiful goal. And that got a lot of Wilds fans pumped, I'm I'm, I'm sure. And can't blame you. Like I said, you guys have a stud. But then... Last night, 
3-2 Kings. Ryan Suter ties it up with less than a second to go. Just absolutely incredible. Kaprizov looked absolutely dominant in that OT. And uh, he had a really, really, really nice feed to Marcus Johansson to win it. I mean, the Wild, they looked pretty solid. Kim Talbot hasn't been bad. And like I said, you guys could very well be a playoff team in this division. Moving on, there were two retirements this weekend. Former Red Wings goalie Jimmy Howard announced his retirement. He is 36 years old. He played 543 games for the Red Wings over parts of 14 seasons, finishing with a 9-12 save percentage and a 262 goals against average. Let me tell you, while the Red Wings were not very good for the second half of his career, and he was a very solid goalie in the league for many years, he was always very dominant at Madison Square Garden. I hated it when the Rangers faced him just because he was always super good against us. And he had a very solid career. Definitely one of the more underrated goalies. It feels like all the goalies that I grew up with, Luongo, Crawford, Howard, soon-to-be Hank, Flurry soon, and just all the good goalies that I grew up with, they're all retiring or soon to retire. It's just crazy. Like, it makes me feel old. Another retirement was defenseman Adam McQuaid. He announced his earlier this afternoon. He's 34 years old. He played, he spent nine of those 10 years with the Bruins, including winning a cup in 2011, where he was a big part of that blue line. He was never really an offensive defenseman, but he played a tough game. He was always very physical, willing to drop the gloves when the team needed him to, and was just always tough to play against. Want to wish him the best in retirement, and it'll be interesting to see if he transitions into like a player development role or some sort of front office role with the Bruins. Another possible retirement, forward Jason Spezza, currently with the Toronto Maple Leafs, was put on waivers today in order to be sent down to the taxi squad. This move was deemed necessary because of an injury to Nick Robertson. I'm not going to get into all the specifics because I don't know them. And it's just all extremely complicated. He's been in the league for what seems like forever. He's coming up on 38 this year. And he announced that if a team claims him on waivers tomorrow, that he's done and he's going to retire. He did get a thousand games a couple years ago. He has played or 1126 games over 18 seasons. He has exactly 600 assists and 341 goals for 941 points. He was also so good there. He 
was an important part of their team in 2007 that went to the cup finals and did serve as captain there his last year after Daniel Alfredson left, then ended up spending five years with the Dallas Stars. Was solid there, but definitely transitioned into a bottom six forward throughout his time there. Went to the Leafs last year, was infamously scratched by Mike Babcock on opening night after taking a pay cut to go to his hometown Leafs. Thought that was a dick move at the time. I still do. But that's beyond the point. Spets has had a hell of a career. And it'll be sad to see him go if he does end up walking away. Anyways, the Colorado Avalanche, man, they lost their first game 4-1. to They definitely looked flat, but Friday night, they beat the Blues 8 nothing at home. You heard that right. 8 nothing. McKinnon had a goal and two assists. Landeskog had two goals. Rantanen had three apples. And they got a lot of scoring from depth guys like Burkowski, Kadri. And let me tell you, if they keep playing the way that they did on Friday night against the Blues, there is absolutely zero doubt in my mind that they will make the Stanley Cup Finals and they're my pick to win the Cup. I said that earlier that they are just one of the best put-together teams, one of the deepest in the NHL right now. And... It's just amazing to watch them. And I love McKinnon. He's my favorite non-Ranger player in the league. He's easily their best player. And they just have a great supporting cast of guys. And especially to put that eight spot up against the Blues, who are a very solid team. All things are looking... Things are only looking for them. Anyway, I think that's it for... Actually, no. There is one more thing that I did want to talk about. Some of the prospects that I expected and I think a lot of fans expected to make their teams out of camp, such as Quinton Byfield and Trevor Zegers and Bowen Byram, they got sent down to the minors while Dylan Cousins did make the Buffalo Sabres. I personally do not have a problem with these guys going to the minors. Let them develop. Let them be in the best roles possible right now, being able to play the most minutes that they can. And if the team can't give it to them in the NHL, why not send them down to the minors? It's just the best possible thing for them. So... I would not be shocked if Zegers or even Quinton Byfield do end up back in the NHL at some point this year. But it's nothing to worry about at this point. It's still very early. 
But yeah, I think that's it for hockey right now. I'm currently watching the Saints-Bucks game, Battle of the Grandpas. It's crazy that it's Drew Brees' last game in the Superdome. And the Saints are up 6-0 right now. And it would be nothing more fitting to see Brees win this game and go on the face of the Packers next week. The Browns-Chiefs game today was also very fun. I really thought the Browns played a hard-fought game. The Chiefs are so much better. And even when Mahomes did go down with a concussion, uh, Chad Henney stepped up to the plate, kept them in it, ended up preserving the win, and... I'm really excited for Chiefs-Bills next Sunday, and it should be a good game. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, they're just amazing. I love Buffalo. I absolutely love the fan base. I would like to see nothing more than the Bills win a Super Bowl this year. I think that a lot of people would. And Allen and Diggs, man, they are one of the best QB wide receiver duos in the NFL. It's just so fun to watch them. And last night, I did put up on my Instagram and Snapchat stories asking my followers if what I should do if the Bills win the Super Bowl. Some of the responses that I got were uh, get a tattoo of Josh Allen, run up the ski hill at Vermont Academy naked. I got a bunch of shave my head uh, answers, which honestly I think is a bit too generic. I got one answer from a Devils fan. Uh, buy a Igor Sharon Govitz jersey. I can do better than that. If the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl, I will go to class the next day wearing nothing but a Josh Allen jersey and a blue thong holding up a sign that says, Proud Mafia member. This is on the record. I will live up to this promise. And I'm super excited to do it. I think that it's just going to be extremely funny. And I can't wait to see the response from everyone. Anyways, I've also been watching a bunch of Netflix passing the time. I've been on the Cobra on the Cobra Kai train a lot. I am in the middle of season three. I finished episode four today before I started watching football. I really feel for Johnny. Like I come like I don't know, I've just come down on uh Team Johnny. I really like Miguel. I really like the development of some of these characters. 
I feel like Hawk's a dick. You have to watch the series to get that. But it's a very good series, and I recommend it to anyone who is interested in karate or likes the Karate Kid movies. I like the Karate Kid movies. They're not my favorite movies of all time, but I still very much enjoy it. But, man, this series has just been addictive. And the episodes are pretty short. They're all half an hour. And I can't wait to finish up season three. Anyway, I think that's it. I will try to do uh, another episode while I'm still in isolation. Probably later this week. No guarantees. I'll have to see how I'm feeling, though. And as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Peace out, guys.